Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So I believe we have a listener question this week, which are, we love, and they're always the most fun. So, uh, Jeffrey, do you want to share what our listener wrote us about? Absolutely. And this is a, a question from Richard, and he's asking about agility across departments. Um, so his question is, what advice do you have for an organization that has set an objective that requires coordination across multiple teams? In my case, there's a shared organizational objective, and it requires effort across about a dozen teams and three departments. None of the teams are 100% allocated to the shared objective, and ways of work vary substantially. So I, I love this question because this is something that I've, I've definitely encountered before and, and have strong opinions about. Which, what's your thoughts on it, Squirrel? Well, I, I certainly do as well, which is why I was uh, glad to see it from Richard. Now, I happen to, to know a little bit about Richard's situation beyond his question. Uh, he's in my community, and uh, I've talked to Richard, and I know a little bit about what's going on there. So I can just add a little color. Um, the, the situation is that there's a mechanism for these different teams to get together and discuss what's happening. And, and that would have been the first thing I would have said is you, you got to get some coordination among these folks. If they're all operating in a vacuum, they never see each other. They're on different continents, uh, uh, speak different languages, uh, never see each other. Then you've got a problem. Richard doesn't have that problem. So if listeners do, one of the first things they can certainly do <laughs> is create what Richard has already done, which is uh, some mechanism, some regular interaction where there's accountability. And if, for example, I'm building one piece of the puzzle and Jeffrey, you're building another piece, I can come along and say, uh, hey, I'm stuck waiting for uh, piece number number seven here. And uh, Jeffrey can say, oh, I didn't realize that I was working on piece number 12. So that kind of high bandwidth, uh, regular uh, accountability is very important. And by accountability, I always mean not someone holding someone to account. Jeffrey, have you done your thing? Why haven't you done it? Did, why don't you get it done quicker? <laughs> but being accountable. Jeffrey says, I'm working on number 12. And I say, wait a minute, I need number seven. So uh, that kind of uh, being accountable to a group can be enormously helpful. But Richard has done this, and he still has the problem. <laughs> So yes. uh, uh, what, do, what do we think that we might do? And Jeffrey, do you have this kind of situation where you have regular accountability, but you're still not getting the progress that you'd like? Well, I'd say the for us, when we have this scenario and we say we're not getting the progress, what it really means is there's a prioritization issue because um, it, there's one of two cases if uh you know someone is um it well it really comes down to like what's the what's the cause for lack of progress and if it's the most common case there's lack of progress on things because people aren't working on it that's <laughs> and it's amazing how long things take if no one's working on it and so that's my experience and what we usually put in place um it actually because what what you laid out here in many ways uh very much reflects how we do things at iAnalytics. We have separate uh, engineering, what we call capabilities. And for us, then every project that we do is actually going to be cross-team. There's very, very few projects that could be delivered by a single team in isolation from everyone else. Um, if we generate a new product, it's going to require new people, new things from the data engineering team, new things from the data science team, uh, new things from the front end team, probably new things from a, a back end data entry team. So you're going to have 
several teams collaborating to try to get anything out in our organization. And that's just within technology. You've got the marketing yes. people have to tell people it exists, the salespeople have to sell it, the customer service people <laughs> have to answer questions about it. You've got a exactly. very broad collection of teams. That's that's what a modern organization is. It's lots of groups working together to create common results. But what happens when it breaks down? What do you do to, to solve that at ION? Uh, well, for, for us, the, the, the number one thing I said is prioritization. So we, we have uh, you know, typically week, weekly meetings where people get together for that accountability saying, you know, here's our prediction for what we, what we predicted was going to be done in the past week. And here's what actually happened. And here's why. Uh, and it's important to say here that these teams do have different ways of working, that they have autonomy over their work. And for us, accountability and autonomy go hand in hand. You know, sort of you're you're enabled to work the way you want because you're accountable for your decisions and what you do. And that's the time when when things will come up that maybe something was harder than expected. Maybe people need some help or uh, something else came up that that happens. You know, there might be uh, higher priority things come in or there could be a, a customer incident or something like that. Good reasons to be doing something different. Or sometimes uh, people just got confused and they had a, a different understanding of the priorities because there's multiple projects going on at once for a given team. Um, and so that might be in some misalignment. And that weekly is where we kind of get people into alignment and also then say, well, and now what are we going to do next for this coming week? Given where we are today, what are we going to do next? And that's true. And that meeting that we have weekly, we have essentially, there's two of them. One that is cross-departmental. That is the one that has the client organization in it and it has editorial in it and it has you know, everyone else, uh, basically everyone involved. And then there'll be a similar one within engineering to, to handle any of the engineering issues. And that makes sure that, for example, if we're going to go live with a new capability that we have, you know, do we have the marketing campaign to go on? Because it doesn't do any good to build it and have no one know it exists. What do you do, Jeffrey, in those sessions when you have a conflict of priorities where somebody says, yeah, well, the thing I was supposed to do for, for Jeffrey, yeah, you know, I, I didn't do it because there was a crisis over here or the, the CEO told me to do something else. How do you resolve those sorts of conflicts? That, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And uh, what will happen is uh, the, uh, in that meeting, we actually have a fairly senior people in. So it's, it's a normal thing that we'd have an executive sponsor within the meeting someone who is able to say definitively what the relative priorities are. So if something's come up and it does happen, something comes up that, oh, I was asked by the CEO to do this. And, you know, so there was a change of priority and we can be like, yep, that's right. <laughs> or uh, no, actually, while that came from the CEO, it's actually less important than this other thing. So we, we try to have that decision maker in the meeting. Now, there are times where the executives, they're busy, they can't always be there. But if, if need be, then we can escalate things outside the meeting. But one thing we're very clear on is it's important to be able to have, to get to clarity on the relative priorities. We don't want to have dispute about it because the, we, we know who the decision makers are. So rather than leaving as a question, we go and get that answer. Okay, what is the priority between this and that? We, we don't leave it open-ended. There we go. And now there's a there's something that might be scaring some of our listeners because they might have executives or they might themselves be executives who would behave in a way that's different from what you just described, Jeffrey. And I think there's an implicit assumption about how that executive 
functions in that meeting. I predict that that person does not at ION, and, and if you're involved with it, I know this wouldn't happen, show up and be <laughs> like, um, uh, my favorite example is James Jameson, who's the um, cigar-chewing uh, e- executive who runs the newspaper that Spider-Man <laughs> takes pictures for and you know he's always cursing at spider-man and yelling at peter parker because he doesn't know that they're the same person and and he's always saying oh get it done you know go get a picture i want it right now do it faster um because if the executive shows up to do that you're going to create very low trust and you're going to create very low productivity and um you're, you're not going to get very far so the the thing you want that executive to do and this may require a trust conversation and some uh, adjustment maybe picking the right executive it is for, for that person to turn up and say, I'm very glad you did X. What we now needed to do is do Y. Uh, here's the reason why, and I'm going to help you, rather than um, uh, shouting at everyone, telling them to work harder, um, uh, being unproductive. <laughs> I think I think I think the the most important thing. I, I, I think that's normally what happens. Um, that there are times when people are frustrated. They are human. But what's important? The there's not the case of trying to demand the impossible. I think this is really what's key in our scenario. It's not just we'll work harder and do all of it. It's you know the question of like okay fine let's let's let I am going to get together and help you focus. You know what is possible here, given you know what are our options and what are the trade offs, and let's have that conversation. But there can be a frustration if the feel if there's a evidence that people weren't working according to the priorities. You know, I thought we were clear last week that this was the priority. I'm really surprised that things would have changed and no one would have said anything. And that's productive conflict. That's like we talk exactly. about. You know, we just did a whole uh, series on this. That's productive conflict, and we do want that. It's the unproductive. You're a lazy bum. Uh, you know, why don't you work harder? <laughs> you're, you're useless. Um, I can imagine some of our listeners imagining a, a boss in the meeting uh, stomping all over everyone like that. We want the opposite of that. And we do want the productive conflict like you were just illustrating. That's right. And, and I want to be clear that, like, that, you know, that, that it's not that, that to do this role, you need to be some perfectly uh, zen, uh, inhuman, non-emotional person. Um, Spot, Spock need not apply. Yes, good point. <laughs> that's right. So that so it, it but it is the case that the what's what's productive is to you know reinforce the principles, reinforce uh, the priorities, and being willing to get in and say, okay, look, let's get this clear so we can move on. You know, and and get this. Done. I'll phone but, the CEO and explain why we're doing his project second. It, yeah, exactly that kind of thing. So willing to to jump in and be part of it is absolutely uh, essential. And I think it really comes down to. I, we focus here, we said about this is about prioritization and that's what they're willing to do is to say, yeah, of course I want all five of these things and I would like all of them yesterday. However, I accept that there's limitations. And so, you know, let me hear what the trade-offs are. Let me hear what the options and trade-offs are and I will make a clear decision. And that's really, it's really the value of that uh, leadership there. I will make a clear decision on what the trade-offs are and, you know, what the, which one we're choosing yeah, so that everyone leaves on the same page. And that is the essential piece, is clarity on priorities. There we go. Now, there's another essential piece here, which having that kind of supportive, um, productive, and conflict-producing, but productive conflict-producing executive can help with, and that is making sure people have the psychological safety to share bad news. And what commonly happens in these kinds of um, accountability discussions when you first have them is everyone shows up and says, it's all fine. Yeah, no problem. Everything's right on track (laughs) because they worry they're going to get fired if they don't say that. 
And right. of course, there's some horror happening under the covers, and there's uh, missing documents or missing information or uh, some uh, uh, crisis of, of some variety happening, which they're not sharing. And uh, I don't know if this is happening to Richard or not, but uh, if listeners um, uh, get into this situation, having not only the um, uh, more senior decision maker clearly identified participating in the meeting, but also having uh, trust and psychological safety led by that person, but also led by uh, others who might be in the in the session, making sure that it's okay to share bad news and that, in fact, that's celebrated. That's also a very important part of having this kind of accountability across departments. Yeah, and, and definitely that's something that has been happening very explicitly. And I remember our uh, CTO making it very clear, and the context was in, in discussing OKRs and said something, the conversation went something like this. It was very strange that we got most of the way through the quarter and all of the, the you know, the rag, the red, amber, green status, um, the rag status of all the OKRs was green up until almost the end of the quarter and suddenly we had a bunch that were red. And he says, you know, this seems like people were afraid to give us bad news early. And he said, you know, the problem is when you do that, you're making it difficult for us to build trust outside of the department. You know, we need to be um, communicating early about problems to people so that we can make adjustments. And when you prevent us from knowing what's actually happening, you prevent us from, you know, making trade-offs and decisions early. And so this was you know, said very explicitly uh, a while ago uh, by our CTO in a, in a group setting where people were discussing all the different projects. And so it became very clear that um, the, the, you kind of have an obligation to share bad news early because that's the way that we collectively collaborate to then make conscious trade-offs rather than kind of being at the, the mercy of what tends to, of whatever happens. Does that make sense? It certainly does. And I'll add just one thing to it, which is that it, it can be helpful to explicitly solicit opposing views and um, bad news. So uh, what you want is not only to say, I'd like bad news, but then actually to ask for it and to respond positively to it. So I'm really glad to hear, Jeffrey, that you're three weeks late. I want to do something about that. I'm not happy that, that we, we are three weeks late, but I sure am glad we know that now and not three weeks from now. So yes. uh, well, now let's figure out what we do and making sure that that's the response from senior people and colleagues and everyone in the meeting is very important. And that's a cultural issue. And that's an issue of building trust. So having things like the trust conversation with people in the in the session, making sure you reinforce uh, re repeatedly that bad news is good and asking for it can be very helpful in uh, making sure that you get that bad news at a time when you can act on it and not two weeks before the end of the quarter. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that was a wonderful listener question from Richard. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, we would love to hear from more listeners. For example, uh, if you would like to try this, but you see a, a challenge, maybe you have a, uh, I think it's Jonah Jameson, uh, whatever his name is. If you have a cigar chewing, <laughs> That's right. angry executive who'd be difficult, how do you manage them? That would be a good question. Or uh, any other topic. If you disagree with us and you have a different approach, we'd, we'd sure like to hear it. When we get listener questions, we always read them carefully. Can't always use all of them, but we, we sure do 
do like uh, reading our mailbag. So the way into our mailbag is at agileconversations.com. That's where you'll find our email and our X. And um, I think we're thinking about Mastodon. I don't know. We'll, we'll try to get some more ways to get in touch. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to start dancing on TikTok, but you know, there are lots of ways to get in touch <laughs> with us. Those are all there as along with free videos, our book, free material from us, and, and lots of good stuff that we put out there uh, for our listeners. Of course, the other way to interact with us is to show up again next Wednesday when we'll have another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Grant.